0: Summer is just around the corner, and I could not be more excited. Those warmer, sunnier days are calling, so fuel up for them with Factor's No Prep, No Mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to their menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals, which is so helpful for me, especially during those busy summer months. As you know, my mom and I, or at least me, are not great in the kitchen. I need to have things that are easy to cook and delicious and healthy. So Factor checks all those boxes for me. Make today the day you kickstart a healthy new routine. So what are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options, and treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. You can choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Factor truly has it all. So head to factormeals.com/barbknowsbest5050 and use BarbKnowsBest5050 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code BarbKnowsBest50 at factormeals.com slash best 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is
1: active. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for 129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon
0: friends. Happy Tuesday, if you are listening to this on the day that this episode is dropping. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am your co-host, Michelle Maros, and I am here with my mom, Barb. And we are back with another episode that we're thrilled to be diving into. Hello, mom. Hi, Michelle. Welcome, everyone. Wow, you seem extra chipper today.
2: Well, I know I say this every single week because you're probably getting tired. You do. I
0: wonder, I often think about what the listener thinks when you're like, I just, this episode is going to be the best ever. And you're like, ma'am, you said that last week.
2: Well, I love this podcast. I love having these conversations with you. And I extra specially love having the conversations with all of the listeners and everyone here today and this particular topic is a doozy. Let's put it that way. It's a doozy. And it's something that both of us have really been wanting to dive into. So, you know, fasten your seatbelts, everyone. This is really a powerful episode.
0: Yes. We've touched on this topic a bit. We had an episode early on in the show that talked about some aspects of this topic. And of course, our own personal stories talk about this topic. Um, But we... We've received a lot of messages lately because it is the beginning of summertime here in the U.S. and in this hemisphere, and there's been a lot of talk about this topic in the news with some certain celebrity figures and some other trending things going on, and I think it's the perfect time to bring this up again and have a little chat about it and hopefully... I think the intention for this particular episode is twofold. First, to make anyone who feels like they're struggling with this issue, that they're not alone in the struggle. And then, of course, secondly, to help maybe give some tools or reassurances or some mindset shifts to help manage it. Because I do believe that this topic um, plagues almost every single person in one way or the other. And I would love for this generation, this era in time to maybe be the generation that breaks, that's the cycle breaker of this, because I think it's one of the most toxic dynamics in our world um, across the board. Amen, Michelle. Amen. So today we're going to talk about body image, the discussion around people's bodies, um, body acceptance, body positivity, all of those words that we've been hearing about bodies. And with that being said, of course, we want to give a little bit of a trigger warning or a sensitivity warning for anyone who's like really struggling with this and this might be extra sensitive, you know. We're going to talk about it and, and share personal stories so just keep that in mind but remembering that we have the intention to just be helpful in this conversation
2: exactly Michelle be helpful it's it's a huge passion of mine and obviously if you've been listening to our episodes for the past year or so it's a huge passion of mine because I went into treatment for bulimia in 1984 so that was like 30. 38, 39 years ago this October. So it's a huge passion of mine and it breaks my heart, literally breaks my heart. I think I say something to Michelle every single week that I've read a story of of somebody that's suffering from it or it's mean comments online and social media. And then of course, you and I, Michelle, work very closely with teenagers and it just breaks my heart how many girls are suffering from this idea that their bodies aren't okay, that they're not okay, and they don't look good enough, and they don't, it just, it, I, I could go on and on. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't. So I'm excited to have a conversation about this topic, and you're right, we're going to share some of our personal stories, and I, I'm hopeful that this will be the cycle breaker. I love what you said. It's time. It's really, really time, because this is old stuff that's been happening in the world and especially in our country for generations for decades and for as long as I've been alive on the planet so centuries yeah centuries and so it's time it's time for it to stop and just it and it's time for everyone to see who is imposing these kinds of standards and cruel comments to see the damage that it's doing to humans and to to people i think people for the most part think that they can say and do whatever they want and, Oh, get over it. Or it's not a big deal. I just think people are very, I I don't know if they're cruel, but there probably are some that are, but I think people are just very insensitive and, and have no idea how words can affect others and just pay attention to your own self. I just really want to say that, you know, stop, stop being the police or the, the director of other people's lives and what they look like.
0: Amen. I know. Barb. I'm
2: going to be worked off
0: this episode. No, it's true. It's really important for this conversation to really monitor how people talk about this and just how fat phobic our society has become. And it's really a branding because it's not, it, it's a, it's a false branding because people talk about these things through the lens of health. Oh, you know, you're so fat, you're clearly unhealthy. And that's why I'm talking to you about this. And that's a lie because we've, studies have shown that fatness does not equate a, a sense of health one way or the other. People should be able to have a conversation about health with their doctors and nobody else. I have no idea what medical issues you have going on in your body that's maybe preventing you from losing weight or having giving you struggles with your body. So the fact that we just blanket label fatness, obesity, anything over like a size six, I think, for women as oversized or plus-sized and that it's a bad thing is... um, It's based in untruths and judgment and it's based in history showing us that body preferences stem not from health, but from, you know, groups of people that are influencing us into thinking one size and shape is better than the other. I mean, cause I, I want to talk a little bit about like the history of body trends because if you look back at ancient times and early times, um, rounder women were considered attractive because that was a signal that you were in the home and not, and you had food. You know, you were well-fed, so you were rounder. You know, you had chubbier cheeks and that was the, um, the image of beauty. Fast forward to, you know, the 1900s, then you start to get into the ultra-thin supermodel look. And now I think we're in this era of um, social media where you can really alter your body based on a trend at the drop of a dime. And we can see major celebrities and major influencers. I really put the Kardashians at the top of that who can dictate what is considered beautiful to look in a woman, speaking from a woman or people who identify as women. I also believe that men and people who identify as men also have a lot of body image issues. But when I think about the Kardashians and how they can change their bodies through surgery, through whatever modalities, allegedly, that they do, that trickles down to all of us of, oh, I need to have a tinier waist, but, a bigger, but bigger hips or a bigger butt. And then the next day they can go around, change that and go to the thin model while we're all still trying to reel with what they had projected as the trend to begin with. And so I think it's important to look at who's setting the trends for what's considered beautiful. And like we talk about who made the rules for what's considered beautiful or acceptable or a societal norm. You know, why is this something that was ever anybody else's business to begin with? And I just want people to, firstly, when you're thinking about your body and maybe comparing yourself with someone else, most likely somebody on the internet, and that you think that your body is less than, really ask yourself why you think that that person's body is better than yours and where that came from. Because as we can see in the history of time we have gone through ebbs and flows of different things that look beautiful and we just so happen to live in a time where thin isn't.
2: Yes. Yes. And I, I believe that it's what is robbing or stealing most of us for most of us are, are living with ease, being confident, being, being comfortable in our own skin. And obviously that, famous quote, comparison is the thief of joy. Shakespeare. Taking our joy. Well, I, you know, we, we always, people attribute it to Shakespeare, but lately I was looking that up because I oh think- Oh no,
0: expectations it, are a heartbreak, heartache As Shakespeare. Exactly. I'm
2: so sorry. Yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy is Roosevelt. I think Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, Sorry. So, no, that's all right. It's, it's very, it, it, this is a really deep topic and it's got so many layers and I feel so strongly about what layers that I want to tackle- Yeah. Because I feel, I feel like I don't know, I don't know how we, we have to turn the corner, I think is what I'm just so passionate about. And I really get very worked up. Michelle can attest to this. I just get very emotional about it because we have to turn the corner. We are constantly teaching our young, young, young girls and we work with teenagers, but let's, let's face it. It's more like middle school now. And it's more like even before middle school you know, nine-year-olds and 10-year-olds are now talking to us about their bodies. And I know so many, well, maybe so many is a little bit of exaggeration, but I know some nine and 10-year-olds who are already going through puberty and who are already talking about their bodies and who are already bulimic. And so, and I think even Glennon Doyle, when she came forward, she was such a huge light for all of us in the body image and, and bulimia world. When she came forward and said she became bulimic at 10 years old. So I just think the time is now for all of us to start looking at what is it, what does it mean to be comfortable in our own skin and have body acceptance. You wrote about that in one of your blogs, Michelle. I love that body acceptance. And not compare with others. And you know, we're not going to get rid of the internet. We're not going to get rid of social media. So how can we not pay attention to or not believe... What social media or society is trying to tell us is body acceptance and is body okay, is, is, is for us our body okay. I woke up this morning, ironically woke up this morning and read an article about Lizzo that she is so fed up with all of the terrible, terrible body comments that she's getting on Twitter and Instagram That she's starting to, and this is a quote. She said, I'm starting, I'm beginning to hate the world and may give up music. And I just started to cry. I really got very emotional about this. That I don't think, if you're a man listening to this episode, I don't know if you really understand how much any kind of a comment about another woman's body or a girl's body matters to them. And I just want to let you know, it matters. It it can, it can change the course of their lives, which is what ended up happening to me, which I think I shared on an episode. I was working and my supervisor came in and said, Barbara, we can tell that you really enjoy this job because you've put on weight since I last saw you. And that was it. I became bulimic a week later. Now, I'm not saying... That that was the single cause of bulimia. I had a lot of trauma in my childhood, but certainly that was the trigger. That put me over the edge. Wow, this is not acceptable that he thinks I've put on weight. And basically said, you know, you're heavy. You're heavier than when I saw you last time. So what you say matters, especially if you're a man or who identifies as a man, especially, especially, especially... And so I really want people to start understanding that it's none of your business. It truly is no one's business what another person weighs or looks like. That is, that is our right to choose who we are and choose and define who we are. No one has the right to define who we are. And so I would love for this conversation to be an empowering conversation to start the, not only start a conversation about this, but to also start really going inside yourself and realizing that there are no rules. There are no society is doing this to girls and to women. And as you said, Michelle, it's a lie. It's just not true. It doesn't define who you are and it is not okay.
0: No, it's not. And there's a couple things I want to say about what you just said. I think the first thing to also think about is it's not just men that talk about women's bodies. Women can be, equally as ruthless. And I think one of the comments that really sparked Lizzo on this um, most recent conversation was a comment by a woman. Mm. Um, And I do believe that, you know, when you think about trying to look a certain way, it does stem from trying to be, you know, approved of by the male gaze But because that's also trickled down into women, women can be equally as ruthless and judgmental about other women's bodies 100%. And I also wanted to say, and we can then get into this, that I think every single person that has some sort of inner struggle with their body with body hatred or body dysmorphia can pinpoint the moment in their lives for as a young person, when they started to go from being, you know, a child who had a body and never thought one thing of it to a human being who constantly had to think about it and worry about it because it wasn't okay.
2: Yeah. Tell your story. It makes me cry every time I read it and you wrote a blog about it and you've discussed it. And I hope you I just, I've
0: seen a lot of people talk about this because it's true. I mean, as as children, do we worry about what we look like or if we're big? I mean,
2: as young children, no, no, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, no, you just, you know, run around and play as they should. Um, but I think there's always something, whether it's a comment that someone says to you or, you know, whatever, There's a, there's a moment where the relationship shifts. And I think that in that moment, life is never the same because the way that life is lived when you're hyper-conscious, self-conscious, and even honing hateful views about your body, you, it's impossible to live a life that's a hundred percent happy or content or at peace or even
2: free because you're
0: always in a battle with yourself and for me I think I can pinpoint that moment to when I went to the doctor with my dad once um how old were you see my memory of age is tough I think think middle school
2: 10 or 11 maybe
0: no, I think middle school.
2: What, what age is that? <laughs> I don't even remember. What age is middle school?
0: 11? No, 12? 12? Twelve? 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 C- you know, because I got my period at age 12. Okay. So uh, around that time. Okay. Um. My dad had a lot of heart issues, which is how he died. So he would often go to the cardiologist. And for whatever reason, one day I went with him. But I think that was because, you know, I- You guys were divorced, so I wanted to spend as much time with him as possible. Anyways, that's a whole other dynamic for another story. Because I remember when I told this story to a life coach or something in more recent times, they're like, why were you going to the cardiologist with your dad? Anyways, I was at the doctor with my dad, and we were sitting in the room, and we were very friendly with this doctor, um, you know, outside of the, the office, and my dad was overweight he had heart issues he had a lot of you know health issues that you know contributed to the heart issues and the doctor told him you know to lose weight and all of that and he said that if you could pinch an inch of fat or skin on your stomach that that meant that you were overweight and it was a problem and i remember i was sitting there and i was like oh okay And then I vividly remember getting into the car to go home and I looked down and I was like, wait. And especially with the way I was sitting in the car, I was like, I can pinch like more than an inch, I think. And what does that mean about me? Does this mean that like, I think first it probably went through my mind of like, oh shoot, am I unhealthy? Like, am I going to have problems, health problems, heart problems, whatever. But then I was like, wait, so does this mean that he was judging me like he you know was speaking to my dad but was he also speaking to me and then i also vividly remember this i don't even know if i've told you this this is such a weird you know our minds as preteens and kids are are so funny because at that at that stage in in my life i was having to wear a uniform to school and i remember like the the waistband of my uniform would like roll over and kind of get crinkled because of like when I sat, my stomach would crinkle it. And I didn't like how that looked. And I thought it was because like, oh, my skirt, is there's something wrong with my skirt? Because I would see like the other cool girls in school, like their waistbands were like flat and straight and had no like crinkles from a rollover. And I was like, I want my skirt to look like that. Um, what's wrong with my skirt? And I remember, I don't even know if I asked you, but I remember I was going to ask you, like, mom, can you fix the buttons on my skirt? Because for whatever reason, like mine rolls over and makes a crinkle and I want it to look flat like the other cool girls. And then it finally hit me that it wasn't because there was something wrong with my skirt or, I mean, you know, it was, but that it was because of this plus inch amount of stomach stuff that was doing that. And then I was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing because all of the girls are going to know that, you know, I have this inch of skin because my waistband is crinkled.
2: Now you want going to cry again. <laughs> it's, it's so. Did I
0: ask you about that? Do you remember that?
2: I don't remember you asking me about it, but maybe you did. I don't remember it though. But I remember this story so vividly. And every time I revisit it in your blog or I revisit listening to you tell it again, it makes me very, very sad and angry inside that that doctor would do that. And I think he, I know him and I think he was sending you a message. Yeah, I think it was his way also. You know, I got the dad here and I got the daughter here. And I just, I think think there's ways of doing things. And what happened is is more than unfortunate. It's really irresponsible. And I think that's what I'm trying to say on this episode is the way you say things and what you do matters greatly. And you can have a dramatic effect on another person's life. And I think you even talk about, I think you just even said that now, that this altered your life. And I think the way you wrote about it in your blog made me so, like really made me sad. It was like you... You never, I think you said something like, I never thought about my body and my health the same way again and became so hyper vigilant and hyper aware of the, the cool girls or the it girls or the celebrities or the people who look like what you aspired to and what this doctor kind of was giving you the message of how you had to be. You could not have that extra inch on your stomach.
0: Well, that became like the goalpost. So if I had it, it was, okay, how do I get rid of this? Um, And I think it was was always, you know, if you sit or if I'm sitting and I have it, how can I make myself sit to not have it? I think that's another thing that people do to try and make themselves feel better about their bodies is they, they know that there's judgment that comes when you sit and you have roles. So how can you sit and be where you don't have it, even if you do? You know, I, I also remember as a kid, we you were telling me about how for the longest time you always had to suck it in mm-hmm. and that it kind of became like a natural instinct for you. I think, I think we were at the pool one day and you were like, oh, you know, from years of sucking it in, I, I just kind of was like a thing that I almost second nature do.
2: And I don't even remember who said that to me as a, as a young girl. Someone said to me, suck your stomach in, Barbara, and I never forgot it. And so that's that's kind of my whole point here and our whole point of this episode, that these words matter, and I never forgot it. And I was always holding my stomach in, always holding my stomach in, or I would wear the tightest, and now we have Spanx, but I would wear the tightest thing possible. And then when I took up yoga, after I got out of treatment, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to be holding my stomach in. In yoga, you're supposed to breathe and have your stomach come out. And it took me the longest time to, to have my breath actually allow my stomach to expand. I did not even know what that meant. I thought, are you kidding me? I could not allow my stomach to expand. So I I I just believe so strongly that these words and these societal images and these these rules that people have made on women's bodies in particular. And you're right. When I was in treatment, there were quite a few males in treatment as well. And I was very surprised because I didn't know that men had body image issues and could be bulimic or anorexic, but there were,
0: there were, yeah, none of my father figures have
2: huge body issues. Totally. And I was just going (laughs) to say that, that I, I, I feel so strongly about Men in particular though, but you're right, women are doing the same thing and they're getting more and more ruthless by the day. And I think social media is allowing people to do that because you can do it anonymously. You can just be in, as mean and cruel and say whatever you want and no one's ever going to you know, ju- uh, judge you for it or no one's ever going to call you on it because they don't even know who you are. So it's really, I it just makes you so sad. But I married two men, I married two men that had serious body image issues, but more than that spent a good deal of a day commenting on women's bodies, whether it was my body or any other girl or any other photo or any other magazine or whatever it was, always commenting on women's bodies. What was acceptable? Wow, look how, look how amazing. Look how sexy she looks. Wow, she looks fantastic. Or on my wedding day, my ex-husband said, wow, couldn't you have found some time to go get a tan? You would look so much better in that wedding dress if you had a tan.
0: Which one said that? So one or two. Two. So it's
2: so amazing. I remember it, I remember like my heart sank and I'm thinking, what? And the only thing that I could come back with was I was I was too busy to go sit outside and get a tan. As if. I'm sorry, but But I but I'm using this example because It's it's a good example. Because it's so real. It is, it, that is how degrading and that is how specific and that is how damaging anything that is said to us that has to do with our bodies, what our bodies look like, what, what it, it, I had someone say to me, I think you need a nose job. You know, so it's very interesting what people say, especially this day and age, you brought up the Kardashians, especially this day and age, not just the Kardashians though, when you live in a society where plastic surgery, and no diss to plastic surgery, I'm not at all, but when, when, you, when you have the ability to be able to do it, and then people are saying, why don't you go get that fixed? It's kind of like going to the doctor to get an allergy checked or whatever. Oh, why don't you just go get that fixed? I just want people to know that words matter. I mean, we all know that words matter, but they literally can alter the course of another person's life by saying some of the things that are said, like the supervisor at my work.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like this doctor
0: mm-hmm.
2: changed your whole... And I remember when the shift... I remember... I actually
0: think I have a photo of that day.
2: I remember as your mother feeling the shift in you, asking me about some of the other girls that were skinny. And you'd ask me questions like, mom, what's, what's the matter with me? I'm not as skinny or I'm not as thin. What happened? You know, we talked about puberty, all the things, talking yeah. about puberty, talking about all the things. So it's yeah. it's a real thing.
3: Yeah. Let's take a quick break. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
1: And we're back.
0: It is a real thing. The comments that we say to each other are real. The influences of everybody around us is real. And it really does, takes a huge detriment and toll on the relationship that we have with ourselves. Because if we drill down into it, I mean, our bodies are our homes. That's, I think the episode that our body is our home that we first dived into this topic, but it's, it's the thing that gets us through life. You know, And nothing is perfect. Nobody is perfect. And so the conversation around nitpicking and judgment about bodies when it's, you know, a natural way that we're born and how we are is just sad and such a waste of time and energy.
2: Talk about that experience that you had when you hadn't seen a friend in a really long time and you guys caught up with each other. I think it speaks to what you were just saying which and, one? And kind of what I was talking about that even when girlfriends get together, because I, I don't want to continue to bash men on on body image and and women's bodies, but because you're right, women do the same thing and we talk about it all the time. But I remember you telling me the story that you, uh, I don't know if it was a friend of yours or you guys were approached by a woman or something or someone came up to you when you were with some friends and- she looked at you in surprise because she didn't recognize you?
0: No, this wasn't a friend. This was a stranger. That's why I said this was I was th- at one of our events.
2: Oh, I thought you were with friends and someone walked up to you. Okay. So tell the story. Because I think it was huge. Because I remember you came home and trauma
0: mining. Thank you, Barbara. Well, yeah,
2: that's what you were. Like you were really, it massively affected you. So think about that. How old were you? 33, a few 34? years ago. Yeah, like 35, 34, 35. So it's, it's, it massively affected you because you and I talked about it a lot and you said, mom, do, do I really look that different? And was I really that bad before? So tell the story.
0: Um, we were at an event that we were hosting that I was speaking at, we were both speaking at and it was a luncheon. So there was a bit of time before the event started where people were mingling and getting to their tables and things like that. And as I was getting ready to go up, this woman who I did not know, but maybe she knew me or, you know, internet or whatever was like, Michelle, is that you? You're so skinny. Oh my gosh. You don't even look like yourself. What, what did you do? You're just so thin And it was, it took me off guard for a lot of reasons. One, I didn't know who she was. So I didn't even know how to like engage with her in that kind of conversation. And two, the language that she used was just so egregious. And then of course, three, it was like, okay, um, I didn't think really a lot about my physical appearance had changed lately. So it really sent me into, you know, some sort of inner dialogue with myself of what was I before? What do I look like now? And What was, you know, what, all of those things. But I think what really shocked me the most was her language because this was only a few years ago, maybe like right before COVID. Um, And in my mind, we had kind of evolved at least a little bit in our society or our awareness of how we talk to each other about bodies where the fact that someone came up to me and was like, you're so skinny. I can't even recognize you. What did you do? Because you look so amazing now. It was just like wow, I, I didn't know that we were still doing that, ma'am. Um, But you didn't say that to her. No, you no, thought no. it, yeah. No, I, I just was like, oh, okay. Um, But yeah, I, it was just all very jarring. And then of course I went into like that, well, what did I, what do I look like now? And what did I look like before? And what is she noticing in me that she thinks that this is better? And like, did I do something different? Have I, I mean, you know, ever since that, That time in the doctor's office when I was 12 or whatever, it's always been about how can I be thinner? How can I get rid of the, you know, inch of stomach, whatever. Um, I remember when I was in middle school, like Jennifer Love Hewitt was the it girl and she always had like very prominent like clavicles, like you could see her bones. And I'm like, okay, well, if she's really cool and really pretty and everyone loves her, you have to be able to see your bones. So it was like, how, I remember vividly, how can I see my bones and how can I not have like the inch of skin rolling over? Nothing else really mattered, but that was, you know, 1998-ish. And you asked me that. You said, mom, how
2: can I get my clavicle bones to show more? What do I need to do? I never Sick. forget that. I'll never forget that. And I think just to just to add on to the story of the person coming up to you or the woman coming up to you, you're, you're then needing to get on stage and give a talk. And so it was very, it was very alarming. Let's just put it that way. And I remember you told me afterwards that one of the last things she said that maybe she kind of saw the, you know, the reaction on your face. One of the last things she said was this was all meant to be a compliment.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course. And
2: so I just want to say to that, it's not a compliment. It truly, whenever you say to someone, you look like you've lost weight or you look thin or you look better or you look really, really good. It's it just never lands. It, it, it I shouldn't say never. It rarely lands the way you think that it's going to land. So that kind of goes with that episode we did on impact and intention and all of that. Yeah. So maybe the intention was to be a compliment. Maybe the intention was very benign. You know that it wasn't cruel. That it wasn't meant to be a dig or anything like that. And it probably was very benign. But we have to really understand that some of these benign comments and I think most of the comments about bodies and weight and all of that don't land well with the other person. They truly don't land well. And even if the person feels good in the moment about someone noticing that they got thin or they look great, I promise you, I really feel this way because I feel this way. That when someone says that to me, the first thought that I have is, Wow, what did I look like before? And it's just because I'm I I went to treatment for bulimia, and I've accepted this with myself that body image is always going to be a daily thing for me. I want to stay out of any kind of uh, problems with my my eating or problems with my my bulimia. So to stay in recovery, I'm always aware that yes, my mind is probably going to go, oh, I wonder what she thought about me before, but then. I intercept that thought with, you know what? I, I look really good. I'm fine. I feel really good about myself and I'm comfortable in my own skin. So it's really all about us having body acceptance and accepting who we are and loving who we are, which is what Lizzo talked a lot about in this article that I read today. Like she loves who she is and you can kind of tell, I mean, she's of very, she does, and you can feel it and you can tell, you can always tell, because I believe strongly that when someone is comfortable in their own skin. When you feel good about yourself from the inside out and other people can't shake that confidence and that knowing that you are enough, you are worthy, you are good enough, then you are, you are 99%, I believe, not about to be making comments to other people about their looks or about the external things because we don't think that way. When we're feeling good about ourselves, we're, we're actually not looking at other people wanting to comment like that we're really enjoying life and we're looking at things in life that really matter and that make a difference and that are fun and that are joyful. So I always think when someone makes a comment like that, that they've got some kind of dysfunction going on with them then.
0: Well, of course it's the whole not taking things personally, nothing somebody, anybody else says is because of you. People who make comments about anyone's body and the judgment that they have around it is clearly stemming from their own relationship with themselves But that also reminds me of the whole disgusting dialogue around Chadwick Boseman's body when he was suffering with cancer and dying, basically, and people ridiculed him for being too thin. And of course, nobody knew that he had cancer and was dying, but people mocked him and made fun of him and ruthlessly discussed his appearance towards the end of his life. And then of course it wasn't until he died and everybody found out that he had cancer. Everyone was like, oh, okay, well that makes sense why he had gotten so thin, but it's like, okay, so let's not talk about people's bodies because we don't ever know why someone's body looks the way it does. I've had thyroid issues since I was in high school and I went through a period in my early thirties where it was really out of whack and it was impossible for me to lose weight. I didn't even recognize myself and not even in a, I mean, I had a lot of judgment that, you know, therapy, you have to work through it because of, you know, all of these societal norms, but I just didn't even recognize myself because I had gained weight and I could not figure out what was the issue. And that was a medical issue, but I know probably this woman now thinking who said that to me, that was on the heels of that situation where I was suffering with thyroid issues. I figured it out, got my medications fixed, figured out some other stuff and things started to settle up, settle back down for me to like my, like probably like my happy weight. But you just never know, like people have medical issues that impact how their body looks.
2: And I think it's so... It, I, what I want to say about that is that, let me get my thoughts together here, because there's so many thoughts going on in my brain right now, that not only do we not know what other people are going through, it's so damaging to know that we don't know and say something anyway. And if you look about, and I think what's what's bring, coming up for me big time right now is Christina Applegate. I read a whole story about her recently with being diagnosed with MS. And it made me very sad for her to be diagnosed with MS. I really, I really enjoyed seeing her roles in movies and shows. But then she went on to say how much she had to defend herself and how much it was destroying her because people were making so many awful, horrific comments about how much weight she had gained so she literally said she had to come out with a statement saying that basically that she gained 40 pounds because of the inactivity of medications that she was on because of MS and that she didn't feel like she looked like herself and she didn't think that she felt good about herself. All these things that here's this person, here's this human being suffering with a diagnosis of MS and
0: totally debilitating,
2: totally debilitating. And people are commenting on how awful she looks and how much weight she has gained. Doesn't she know better? I remember in the article, she said, and people are actually saying to me, don't I know better? Don't I know that I'm a celebrity? Don't I know how to take care of my body? Don't I know how to feel better? Don't I know how to be healthy? It really put me over the edge because I thought this we've we've really crossed the line." of what we are saying and what we are doing and the expectations and the thoughts that we have. And I think the last person that I want to bring up that I read about recently, it's just so prevalent, and that's why I think it's so rampant, is Megan Fox. When she did an article back in May, and she said that, she, that the body dysmorphia has made her never, ever love her body. And that made me sad and started to make me cry because I feel like what I want to say about this as I wrap this part up about other people and what they're saying, and these are people that are in the spotlight. First of all, you're not alone. We aren't alone that there are so many of us women that fight this and that live with this and that suffer with this. And what happens from the outside world in helps pile on the suffering that we already feel from the inside. And the second thing I want to say is it's, it's such a, I believe it's such a testament that if we truly want to live the happy, joyful, successful life that we want to live, and that doesn't mean it's gonna not going to be without pain and suffering because that goes along with joy and happiness, we have to start being grounded from the inside out and truly start the process of not thinking that what other people say matters. And I know that is very, very, very difficult, but for me, the way that I started that was this idea that... What other people say is about how they're feeling and about what they're experiencing in the moment and has absolutely nothing to do with me. And it's their own suffering or sadness or trauma or dysfunction or whatever word you want to call it on the inside that's causing them to tell me something that is wrong with me. And so that gives me strength to say, you know what? It's not about me. I love my life. I love me. I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm happy and I'm not going to allow another person in the outside world to steal my joy and my happiness. Doesn't mean that I don't take it personally for a few minutes, but at the end of the day, it doesn't drive me down a rabbit hole of thinking maybe they are right. Let me go find a diet to get on or let me go get some surgery or whatever it is that happens when we don't feel like we're enough.
0: Yeah.
3: (sighs) I
2: know. I knew this episode was going to be hard, so...
0: No, it's just, it's a lot. And, you know, the reason why we wanted to tackle this topic today is a message that we got from somebody. And her message was really devastating to me because I just, she said, it's summertime. I work in an office. Everyone wears dresses and I want to as well. I have a nice figure, I think, size 12, no reason for me not to wear one but i'm afraid i might pick a dress that's bad looking or looks silly on me basically i'm i think i'm afraid of what other people might think like terrible
2: made me cry made me cry i, I could picture that beautiful woman sending us that message made me cry and i think what i I think what I wrote back to her or what I feel for everyone out there listening is that it's normal to be hurt by comments like this, by mean comments when someone feels like she's worried that someone's going to make a comment. It's a very normal worry. It's a very normal worry. It's very, very normal. It's very normal to be worried or be scared or be concerned or be hurt, whatever it is by mean comments that you think will come in her case or that have already come. And But I, I think we have to start adapting this attitude that it doesn't mean you have to believe them. Like you have the choice in believing them. You can sit in the hurt or the worry or the fear for a few minutes, but then say, you know what, I'm gonna feel this fear or feel this worry or feel this hurt and do it anyway, because this is what I want to do. This is this is who I am. Because the way people treat you says more about them than it does you. And if we can start to really little by little by little, start chipping away at this idea, that other people in society have the power to name who we are, right? have the power to judge us so that we go acquiesce to whatever it is we think that they want us to look like or want us to wear. And I think it's really important. It's the only way that I've been able to move through and stay in recovery for bulimia. It's the only way is to get past this idea because I ha- we haven't been able to change society and we haven't been able to change people's attitudes and their words and their voices and being married to two men who constantly commented on, on women's bodies. I think it's the only way that I've really learned that I, that what they're saying and how society views this is about them and not about me. And that if I want to live the life that I want to live, because remember, we talked about this in many episodes, I believe that Ronnie Ware who is a hospice nurse, the number one regret of the dying is I didn't live the life that I wanted to live. I lived a life that other people expected me to live. And I think this falls right into it, that I have to sit and think about or worry about what other people are going to say or think about how I look or what I weigh or if my face is saggy or if my nose is crooked or whatever it is. It's just not a way to live life. And thinking that we have to go fix ourselves to please other people it's really just not possible because you could fix the one thing and then there's going to be another thing. Well, that's. And you fix the one thing and there's going to be another thing because nothing can be fixed on the outside world like that because it starts from the inside out.
0: Yeah, that's the whole thing. You're always trying to fix something, but we're humans who are always changing. I mean, we're aging every day, our bodies are changing every day, every day is different. So kind of running on that hamster wheel of always trying to make ourselves look perfect. And this is not the same kind of, this is not the same conversation as if there's stuff that you would really help your mental health if you fixed, you know, for the longest time, um, I always wanted a nose job. I was really self-conscious of my nose. And I know a lot of people who, um, were self-conscious of their noses and got nose jobs and it really helped their body acceptance. You know, there are th- of course do whatever you want to do to make yourself feel like you're comfortable in your home. Um that's not the point of this conversation or to have any judgment about that, but it's to just really be grounded in those decisions and not I can't stress enough not make decisions about your physical appearance especially ones that are not reversible. I mean, I know, you know, Botox, filler, all that stuff dissolves over time. It's not permanent. But the stuff that is permanent like make sure you're wanting it for yourself and not because like an Instagram model has it or does it or looks like that or that, you know, someone in your life keeps making the comments and you're trying to make them happy. Like do things to really make yourself happy in a way that's really, really aligned Um, because I just, the, the body dysmorphia then on the other end of thinking about doing stuff to yourself and making yourself unrecognizable just to appease and satisfy other people and finally settling into it and being like, oh my God, what did I do is also really devastating to me.
2: I'm glad you said that, Michelle, because I also want to say all the medical advances that have happened are wonderful. There is... a we are not at all saying go do all the things that you want to do for yourself. It's it's a beautiful thing I think, and it's a wonderful situation. I do lots of stuff to,
0: to keep myself fresh. It's a
2: wonderful situation we have right now with the way medicine medical things are advancing. So you're right. This is not about any of that. It's about allowing the external world to tell you what to do. And this is really an important delineation here. That I think this is a good place as as, as we're winding down this conversation. This is really, really important. Do it for yourself. As you said, you're comfortable in your own home, your own skin, your own body. That This is what is most important. How can you start to love and accept and trust and think that you are beautiful and enough and good enough from the inside out and not allowing other people? Because this is how the confidence grows. This is probably the last thing I want to say because what has happened for me. When we start not taking other people's judgments or opinions or comments or thoughts personally. It doesn't matter what other people think. And so if we can truly start to understand, it's okay for them to misunderstand how you're living your life. That's how I decided. It's okay for people to misunderstand how I'm living my life. It's okay for some people. I know this, get almost done with this, divorce. I think some people have have not really understood, you know, some of the choices or some of the things that I made and they're trying to make judgments about, you know, oh, what's happening with our marriage and it's okay to be misunderstood. I don't have to explain anything and my soon to be ex-husband doesn't have to explain anything. It's our right to be misunderstood. We don't have to justify, we don't have to explain, we don't have to do anything to prove our worth as a human being. And I think that's what I want to say what has empowered me in my recovery from bulimia and all of the horrific comments or things that people have said to me over my lifetime, even as a little girl, it's the only way that I've been able to stay in recovery and the only way that really works, that truly has helped me feel comfortable in my own skin and love myself, not perfectly, and be confident in myself. Is that I don't rely on other people for my validation or for my self worth. And what has happened is it's given me the opportunity over and over again throughout the years to develop the confidence, which turned into the love, which turned into the caring, where I actually do care about myself and I love myself. I care about myself when I'm in pain or I care about myself when someone says something cruel or mean to me. But it doesn't mean I take it on as true. I don't believe the comment even though I might feel the hurt and the pain, ultimately it's their problem, not mine. So I really wish that for everyone that you little by little, as much as we have the habit of listening to what other people think about us and thinking it's true, you could start to develop the habit little by little by little of understanding that you never have to validate from anyone your self-worth and your love and your grace and your beauty.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And just thinking about that person that wrote in about summer and dresses, you know, it is a practice because we've been so um, trained to be critical and to have a lot of judgments about our bodies. And I know that the summer months and the warmer months, where you have to wear less clothes because it's really hot, are really triggering for a lot of people who suffer with body image. And maybe we take this summer season or whatever season you're in to really practice and set an intention for all of us to, you know, make this the summer season that we start to shift the conversation that we have with us, with ourselves around our bodies and push to accept our bodies as they are in this moment give ourselves the permission to wear i i know shorts are a huge issue for a lot of people in the summer let yourself wear the shorts let yourself wear the dress um and maybe come up with a couple lines to say back to people if they make comments to you you know really surround yourself with people who support you and you know prepare yourself with extra self-love if you're going to kind of put yourself out of your comfort zone with, you know, clothing like that. And even, you know, find some things to wear that you really love and that really make you feel good. You know, sometimes for me with clothes and with body image, I'll buy some things that are trendy or in style or cool in the moment. And, maybe they don't quite fit me right or don't look right on me but i want to wear it cuz it's trendy and i go out and i'm uncomfortable to on the jump of wearing it and it it feeds into my own insecurity find some stuff that you really love to wear that really makes you feel comfortable and happy and beautiful and just that reflects like you know your inside because That's really all that matters if you feel comfortable. So just also, you know, don't listen to the trends. If you find stuff that you love, that makes you feel good, let give yourself the permission to wear it.
2: I love it, Michelle. I wanted to share a couple of the things before we close up. I just thought of, because I I actually, in preparation for this and thinking about this whole body conversation, um, I actually, there was research done recently, which scared the heck out of me. Research said that 91% of women are unhappy with their bodies and resort to dieting or any other form to achieve their ideal body shape and weight. And only 5% of women naturally possess the body type often portrayed by Americans in the media. That is, that just says everything that we're talking about. So it it is almost all women that have some kind of a issue with body image.
0: But I think even the. people that have the body image that everyone wants also. I don't think anyone doesn't. I agree. Uh, And of course I think this whole conversation can't be had without also now stating the trend of like drugs that can help people lose weight and the popularity of that. And how that now, again, I mean, I think we had a really decent season of progress towards body acceptance and letting people be the shape that they are. And now with and this new trend with, you know, Ozempic and other things, um, the thin, thin, thin is in again. And I know that that's really scary for a lot of people. So I think we just have to keep having this conversation and remember to make your own choices with your doctors and the people that know your whole history and your story and what's in your own best interest And letting you carve out and shape the conversation that you have with yourself about your body.
2: Yes. Two things. Okay. One of my favorite (laughs) authors is Annie Lamott. Yes. I don't know if any of you have ever read any of her things. And she said this, which literally, I want to say it changed my life, but it gave me a really beautiful perspective on that this is my life and this is my, how I want to live it. And she said this. What if you wake up someday and you're 65 or 75, and I happen to be 66, so this was really important, and you never got your memoir or novel written, or you didn't go swimming in those warm pools and oceans all those years because your thighs were jiggly and you had a nice, big, comfortable tummy, or you were just so strung out on perfectionism and people pleasing that you forgot to have a big, juicy, creative life of imagination and radical silliness, and staring off into space like when you were a kid. It's going to break your heart. Don't let this happen. That's lovely. Isn't that beautiful? And then just to close, I wanted to share, Michelle, just a couple of body affirmations that I use over the years that have helped me a lot. hear it. I love myself just as I am. Someone says something mean, just, just taking a deep breath and pausing. You don't need to respond. You don't need to... And you can feel it and take it in and just say, I love myself just as I am.
0: I would also interject, love is really hard for some people. So even I accept myself just as I am. I accept
2: myself just as I am. I care about myself just as I am. Yes, all of the things that we share are I'm to grateful
0: be for myself just as I am.
2: Beautiful. They're all to be modified into into what 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 resonates for you. I'm worthy of love and care exactly as I am. I am more than enough. I deserve love, respect, and kindness. My body is a precious gift. The body is how we do everything in life. I love and trust the wisdom of my body. I choose to take excellent care of myself. Taking care of myself feels good. So just an example of some things. So that has helped me as well. Having another thought, having an affirmation, having a mantra, having that idea of intercepting those thoughts of that the other people know better than I do with the truth. Yeah. The truth is that... I care about myself just as I am.
0: And any version or shape or chapter of, of yourself, I think is important because, you know, and we can wrap up because I know we've been talking for quite a long time, but uh, there have been periods where I've really loved my body and then there's periods where I'm like, oh, something's changed, I don't like it, you know, whatever. And rather than being so hyper focused on the little shifts and changes of things that we do or how our body's changing, just kind of letting ourselves have an acceptance and know that our bodies are going to change and flow and become different and just allowing and doing whatever you need to do in any given moment to take care of yourself.
2: And I want to interject something here and also being gentle and loving and forgiving of yourself for getting into that place of, oh, I don't like my body today. Or my pants. That's
0: really hard. Or
2: my pants don't fit as well as I want them to do. Don't judge yourself for judging yourself because I think that's what we're talking about. We're already suffering if we wake up in the morning and our pants are a little bit tight or you're not liking how you look in the mirror. But then when you start to judge yourself, why am I still feeling this way? What is the matter with me? Am I ever going to get over this? What is wrong with me? I think I'm doomed for the rest of my life. Well, those are all the That's negative thoughts. That's my whole thought process. It, it is. And it's just not, none of that is true because now you're doubling down on the judgment and you're judging the judging. And then the judging starts judging the judging. And you're, you're, you're feeling in a hole. You're feeling bad about yourself. So just be graceful with your, have the acceptance of, You're going to fall into traps. uh, 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 That's why I'm sharing affirmations. That's why I shared that quote uh, quote from Annie Lamott. I fall into traps a lot. It's not like we don't fall into traps. It's not like I don't put something on and say, oh my gosh, I look terrible today. I think I said it to you one time. You said, mom, what's the matter with you? I said, I don't know. I'm just having one of those days. And we laughed because it does. It comes and goes. We are so susceptible to this. And we've been, especially if you have an eating disorder, this has been... This is a deep seated thing. And I don't want to say that it's not ever going to go away, but we can manage it. I feel like I manage my bulimia. I feel like I manage my recovery because I still have these thoughts from time to time. I don't know if the thoughts will ever go away, but I don't care whether they go away or not because I know how to manage them. I don't believe the thoughts. I know what's true and what isn't true. I can still suffer and feel the pain from time to time, but I don't believe it. So I don't live there. I don't live in the suffering, the pain, and I don't double down on the judging and the suffering and the pain. So I just wanted to say that. No, it's, you're never going to be perfect. It's never going to, I don't believe it's going to go away. It has not for me. I don't want to ever say never, but has not for me, but, I, but I've learned to live with it and, it and it works really, really well for me.
0: Yeah. Thank you. That is very helpful. Well, this went by fast.
2: It did. Thank you for this conversation, Michelle.
0: <laughs> we can always do another, another part talk more about this if you all would like so let us know if there's any other aspects of this conversation that you'd like for us to chat about too let us know because it is so layered there's so many aspects of it there's so many feelings and it's just a lot so hopefully this opening conversation is helpful for everyone who's struggling with this but mostly just know that you're not alone and um, you deserve to love yourself and, and feel loved and your body size or shape does not have anything to do with that.
2: I just want to thank everyone for being here too. This is such a blessing for us. Otherwise it would just be Michelle and I having this whole discussion with ourselves for the rest of our lives. It truly is an honor and it's a privilege. We are very privileged to be able to be here every week with you and to have this kind of a deep discussion and feel vulnerable and feel authentic and be able to share with all of you is a true highlight of my life and a true blessing, and I just really appreciate all of you very much and love you very much. Thank you for being here.
0: Yes, we love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Last thing I want to say too is, um, there's a podcast that I've been listening to that really helped to radicalize the way that I think about body image, and I love listening to them. Why? <laughs> Oh, I thought she was, it's called Maintenance Phase and it's a great conversation. It's a great podcast that they have conversations about diets, about breaking down the history of where some of these ideas come from, um, where body positivity or body acceptance, everything. I mean, even talking about the conversation about obesity, you know, where those conversations came from. I just really, I feel like I've learned so much from that podcast and especially how I can break down my own judgments that I have about people who are living in bigger bodies because I think that is all ingrained in us at one point or another. So if you're wanting to have or listen to another conversation that's really educational, I highly recommend that podcast. We'll put it in the show notes. But thank you so much again for listening and being a part of our community. Please let us know um, what you thought about this conversation if you have any other questions. We'd really love to help tackle this topic and break the cycle. So let us know. You can reach out to us on social media at Peaceful Barb at Michelle Maros at Barb Knows Best Pod. If you haven't yet, please make sure you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, and give us a five-star rating if you're enjoying the show and we'd love a review as well. We are always so grateful for all of your support. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you, Mom, for being a part of this conversation and being so vulnerable. And we'll chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye.